Welcome, everybody, to the One to Go show. It is Puka, once again, joined by Bert Lehman and Ryan Aho. Well, another week in the books, lots of racing, action. We're going to turn it right over to the fellows. We'll start with Bert Lehman tonight. So welcome tonight, Bert, and go ahead and fire away on uh, your weekend's escapades. Yep, I only uh, made it to one race this weekend. I was at Toronto Speedway Saturday night. It was Hall of Fame night. Uh, Mark Mitchell was inducted, as was... uh, Bob Moss. Bob Moss raced in the 1960s. And uh, just for this night alone, I'm sure he's going to keep the car afterwards, but him and his son and several other people uh, rebuilt a replica of his coupe that he raced in the 1960s. And he had that on display. And he also uh, uh, fired fired it up and took it around the track a few times. He uh, paced the late models before their feature and uh you could tell that when they interviewed him about the car that you know it really brought back a lot of memories and i I really enjoy seeing old replicas like that um often i you know i wonder if there's old cars laying around that could be restored to where they were in the past um but yeah i was there uh i just have a quick story about mark mitchell um racers always say that you can use duct tape for everything when he raced in the hobby stock class he was in an accident once during the feature came the pit road his crew changed the radiator and duct taped it in place and he was able to get back into the race and finish it (laughs) there you go (laughs) awesome well how was the racing anything else um the racing was good uh the imca stock car feature was the best one uh, Dan Machonsky, uh, he won opening night. We talked about that uh, that night uh, on a previous show. Uh, but he was he spun in this heat race, had to go through the B, uh, qualified through the B, started towards the back of the field, drove his way up to the front, and a caution came out with two laps to go. And uh, he was the only driver running the cushion, and he was able to lead the last two laps, and he won the feature. I'm not exactly sure what happened to the leader because on the restart, the leader slowed down entering turn one on the restart and then he got passed, but then he sped up. And then after the race, I could see him yelling with the race director. So I'm not exactly sure. He must have thought the race wasn't restarted or something. I'm not exactly sure why, but um, so yeah, there was a little bit of controversy in that regard. (laughs) Never without controversy. All right. Well, I'll, I'll go next year then. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, I made, made it over to Hibbing Raceway, I, you know, my home track and place I grew up, you know, kind of with Ryan there. Watch, watch Ryan race a lot there, of course. Uh, you know, so opening night, obviously, you know, a couple months late. But, yeah, decent crowd considering everything. Black after hot laps, which is your typical Hibbing. Well, black on the bottom, I should say, after hot laps. But the track ended up being a momentum track. It was a, it was a good track. They did a good job misting. I think Jake Anglestead is the guy that's on the misting truck. And Jake, you know, uh, hats off. You're doing a great job. If I had one thing to say, I'd say err on the side of going a little higher than a little lower, just so that racing groove gets, you know, spread out and widened out a little bit. But uh, like I said, it ended up being a real good momentum track. Uh, hot laps is where the action started. Unfortunately, Mike Hindley, uh throttle stuck, jumped over the quarter into the, uh, some barriers and a fence rolled forward over uh so of, of course his night was over i guess it was i wasn't there but from what i heard was and maybe ryan will have a remark on this but right well will duct tape fix that one <laughs> let's call mark <laughs> yeah so i heard it was totally destroyed unfortunately you know first straightaway of hot laps um and throttle stuck and i mean i don't know what you do in those situations ryan you just shut the car off if you can think of it in, in the time i mean it's optimally yeah you know what things happen awfully right, fast right, you're yeah. a late model in a hot laps you're hauling the mail and and you have like that quick right. to think because by the time he entered the corner he probably lifted and was like uh-oh and then he went straight off and i understand he went straight in if you would have tried to turn he probably had a cartwheel lift but right. That's a, you know, and a lot of times it's still wet off the outside of the track too in hot laps. So um, luckily he's okay. Glad to see he's okay. Um, Sucks for him because he's not, he doesn't have a big budget, you know, so it kind of sucks for him for sure. Yeah. So, and uh, the good news was we had a couple of racers of the past return to racing. Just a a few here. Josh Martin, uh, he did race B mods in the past. At least I know B mods, maybe some other classes, but you know, he's back in a mod and 
Nick Zimmermancic back in a, it was Otis street stock. He used to do a pure stock and, and, uh, an old buddy of me and Ryan's, uh, um, uh, Matt Anderson. Oh God, his name's escaping me. Uh, back in his B mod, the 20 car. So that was pretty cool to see. So that, that, uh, you know, that, that was kind of the opening night there in, in Hibbing. So I, you know, I heard the late model feature was good. Kyle Peterlin won. I wasn't there. I just kind of followed the results, but I heard there might've been a little controversy there. I didn't see it. I've heard differing sides of this deal. What happened in the late models? Well, Yes, it was a battle. You know, Kyle Peterlin ended up, you know, I think he started second row. I think he started fourth. And he was he was checked out. And then slowly Derek Vessel, you know, Peterlin was, yeah, in the middle. And then started, he moved up to the what would have been the top about three-quarters of the way up. And, and all of a sudden, Derek Vessel slowly reeled him in. Um, and then there was a caution. And then and Jay Kittner, who you raced against, Ryan, was up, you know, me and my brother were watching. He was in third, and we were watching him run the high set. Like, Jay Kittner, are you kidding me? And he looked great. You know, there's traction there, and he was – and he kind of was catching him, and then there was a caution. Well, then Jay dispatched of of Derek Vessel, and, you know, he got pretty excited, and he came in a little hot into three, and Peterlin was probably a half a car length off the bottom, and, and there was no room there. And, and Jay, you know, they kind of hit – they kind of doored. Jay got the worst of it as far as he spun um, – and then, well, I guess Kyle did spin too, but thankfully both competitors were able to continue uh, because it would have been unfortunate for Kyle, you know, leading and, and, you know, Jay just got, you know, Hey, it was opening night in July. You know, he wanted the win. He, he's usually won by July, you know? And uh, so, uh, so Jay to the back and then Vessel ended up touching Kyle later on as he was challenging, but it, you know, Peter Lynn likes to even said in victory lane. So those were racing deals. I'm not angry. Um, but he, yeah, he, he was beaten for that win. So, uh, it was, uh, Peter Lynn first and Vessel second and then Provenzino you know, third. And then what, what happened with Massengill? Wasn't he running really good and then something happened at the end with him? Well, yeah, well he right away, I think he had a front tire go down. So then he pitted and then he was back out and then, yeah, he, he just, he came in a little too hot and just, he, 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 he almost like put I, you as a racer probably could have identified it, but he struggled a couple of times on a couple of corners and he, he just kind of floated up and he, he just like, he couldn't get the car to steer coming into three. I'm like the last lap. So he just kind of faded. Yeah. Cause he had made it from the dead last back. I think he was fourth. I think he was challenging. I think he was behind Provenzino. And then he just, but it happened a couple of times that night where he just kind of, well, I guess the first time was when he had a flat tire. We didn't know it. You know, so he kind of, and then he, you know, he had a go- tire going down or a flat tire or something, but he pitted and made it out. Um, so, but yeah, it was an exciting race. It was a good, it was a good late model feature. Um, and then, uh, you know, a couple of guys that, you know, Ryan was kind of calling out last week, you know, Kevin Burdick and, and Johnny Broking both looked strong and were both future, uh, future, or, excuse me, feature winners. So they, they, uh, you know, we talked earlier today, Ryan, there's kind of a, a one to go show boost that, that happens. Yeah, I mean, they should either put the logo on the side of the car, send us half their paycheck, I mean, something. I mean, every time we call somebody out, bam, they go win, and Broking and Burdick both parked in victory lane. So I, I got to be honest, I think we as a show need to take credit for that, um, so at least partial credit. So uh, good racing there, I heard. Um, hats off to the whole crew at Hibbing for getting things underway. Excited to see the home track opening up. So, Puka, uh, you know, did you guys get a chance to watch the World of Outlaw stuff at all? There was a lot of racing going on, but holy man, oh man, there was some action in the World of Outlaws. So what I want to talk about there first is day one, right? Day one, Max Blair, and he's been he, – he had a really good weekend. He wins kind of. I mean, a win is a win, right? But the <laughs> last lap, um, actually, Brandon Shepard got by him. They get into the corner, and Blair dumps him. Blair dumps him, turns him around. Well, whoever stops on the track goes to the back. B Chef to the back. Max Blair wins. And uh, definitely, you can see in victory lane, he was a little bit um, emotional about it. Like he kind of, you can tell he felt bad. B Chef, who never talks, was a little vocal about it. He made a couple of comments that he has a good memory, you know. Um, but here's the deal Ricky Thornton Jr., who's been really red hot that night. He actually went out in the heat race. He got second in the heat, and the droop rule, they, they measured it, and he had too much droop. I think it was about a half inch too much, and he got docked three spots. So he goes to the B main. He wins the B, comes from 21st to 3rd. Guys, 
there was three nights of racing there at Lernerville. The first night was amazing. I mean, there was traction. People were slide jobbing, running all over the racetrack. Track kind of went away as the weekend went on, but that feature was incredible. But the story of the night was Ricky Weiss. Now, he comes in. Brandon Shepard's leading the points. Ricky Weiss comes in. He is currently second in the World of Outlaw standings. My buddy texts me. He goes, hey, Weiss isn't there. I'm like, Weiss isn't there? It's a world of, what are you talking about? Well, his hauler broke down. Two issues. One, airbags went on the trailer. Transmission went on the hauler. All kinds of issues getting up there. Heat races go by. The last chance qualifiers go by. Ten minutes before the feature, in pulls Ricky Weiss. And he hops in. Um, he actually, Colton Flinner, he he, he must have called him on the way there. Hey, can I run your car? I get the emergency provisional. Can I slide in? And talk about luck, right? I mean, he had a rough night. He, he finished in the back like 20th or 21st or whatever. But B-Chef got put to the back, so Weiss actually gained two points in that race. Um, but unbelievable. I mean, I talked to Casey Schumann from the World of Outlaws. He says, Ryan, he, like, he literally just made it there. So had he not made it there, his, his season would have been over. Because he's already over 100 behind, and if he would have missed the whole race, I mean, he, would have, he might as well have just packed up and ran just specials or, or marquee events because his, his points deal would have been completely over. So interesting deal there day one. And, and Bert, we were talking that you said, man, you know, I, I traveled a little bit with MJ, and I got some stories. And you said that you might have had a hauler story or two. Yeah, I have one that really comes to mind. Uh, as as you all know, I, I was in MJ McBride's pick crew, and I really don't have a good hauler story. Well, actually, if we would talk about our, our major car, uh, cards uh, playing sheep's head in the hauler, that, that would be many stories by itself. But anyway, uh, MJ was racing in Antigo. Well, we always raced in Antigo every Friday night. And uh, Mark Mitchell, who was inducted into the Shano Speedway Hall of Fame, this last Saturday, he was racing up there that week, and he, I was good friends with Mark, and they would always, they called it, they would always Bert nap me, so I, so I rode back to Shano in their hauler, and Mark had an old bread truck for a hauler, so it rattled and made a lot of noise, he was pulling his late model with an open trailer, we get, we're on Highway 29, just out, just getting to Shano, and all of a sudden there's a big boom, and I said, that didn't sound good, something broke in the engine, they called one of their crew members who wasn't at the races, but he lived in Shano, and he came out there, and he had a big pickup truck, and they hooked the chain to the hauler with the race car and trailer still hooked to the hauler, and with that pickup truck, pulled it 10 miles to their shop in Cecil, and this all was at like 2 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> so it was uh, hoping there's no cops around. <laughs> Well, Ryan, you must have had some late-night stories all your trip. You were up and down the road millions of miles. I could, we could literally have a, a six-hour show just on that, but, you know, <laughs> for the sake of time, I, I'm just going to name off a couple. I mean, countless tires. I blew haul, engines and haulers. I mean, me and John Tardy were down at a special boot a motor on the way back from Sock Rapids. We were in Proctor one night. Not This wasn't me. Steve Eggersloose was running a super stock, I believe, and he ended up – or maybe it was a, a street stock – he ended up pulling the trailer in with his street stock with the cut with the hauler on the back of it because he blew up, right? Um, so that was a hauler issue. But a couple that really come to oh. mind. I used to have an old cube van, and uh, we used to go to the country kitchen in Proctor after the rest of the races in Superior and in Proctor. And we're on the way back. It must have been four in the morning. I mean, we were there all night long, and all of a sudden I'm like, whoa! I felt a little vibration going down 37 there, right? And next thing you know. Bam! The right rear comes down on the hauler. Both rear tires fly off. One goes straight oncoming traffic. The other <laughs> one goes flying out in a farmer's field. I'm like, holy crap, what the hell just happened? So the rear tires literally came off, got on the side of the road, didn't hurt nobody, thank God. But we had to limp that one home. I had to kind of throw some bolts in there and jerry-rig it just to get it the last 20 minutes home. And uh, so that was crazy. Another one is uh, I went racing down in, in – uh, down south over the winter one year back in 09 went down there modified racing i went over to uh run in tucson ran over there with the mod at usa raceway ran ran pretty well over there and then we're coming back i was going to go to baytown to a usmts race and driving through the middle of the night i'm a night owl i didn't like traveling during the day it's two in the morning and coming out of el paso 
there's about an 80 mile stretch where it just seems like it never ends going up, right? You're constant. And I got into the mountain about 80 miles west or east of uh, El Paso, and I just went to pass a car, and all of a sudden, there goes the hauler. It just shut right off. I'm in the left lane going up the hill on a mountain in the middle of the night, nobody <laughs> around, and the freaking thing dies on the left side of the road on the freeway. I'm like, what the world am I doing here? So I got Whitney, my daughter. She's the only one with me. I said, all right, Whit, here's the deal. I'm looking around. I'm like, I don't want to go off the side here. That wouldn't be good. I said, jump out. Just stand over there with a flashlight. Get out of the way. I said, that way, if something goes haywire when I'm backing it across the road, I'm just going to jump out let the thing go. Because I, like, literally, I'm backing across <laughs> traffic, right? So I back it down. I get it parked. We grab every block of wood, chunk of lead, everything we could to chalk the tires up because we're on a grade. We sat there, guys, for five hours. And literally nobody stopped. I mean, people driving by. I mean, literally two miles up the road, there was a border patrol station. Nobody stopped. The border patrol drove by like 10 times, never stopped, never nothing. Finally, Kelly Shryock pulls over on his way the next day. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, the motor blew and I got no cell phone service. Like I was in the middle of nowhere. So I got a ride with him, had to call a record, $800 to haul the, to haul the hauler back to El Paso. And the, a name that you guys might recognize, um, Royal Jones, he owns Border International, actually owns Vado Speedway down there. I brought it to his shop and put a new engine in it. That was a bad deal. And then the last one, this was crazy. I was on my way down to Ogilvy, and I'm, I'm cruising down the highway, road construction, and I had a cruise, like a cruise control type deal on my hauler. And I just had it set, and Whitney comes up. She's with, again, just me and her. She was kind of my sidekick. She goes, hey, something smells like it's burning. I'm like, really you know i just had i had my hauler so i i'm like all right well i'm like i can't pull over i'm in road construction i said as soon as we get to the off ramp i'll i'll pull up and so i i don't even think about it you know i'm just cruising down the road we get to hankley i go to turn up and i take the cruise off and i go to grab the brake nothing i'm like oh so i'm going up the off ramp there's cars parked there i'm going uh-oh and i'm downshifting i'm trying to get this thing stopped i go down through the grass i, I literally just about destroy everybody missed everybody i get on the side street bam bam both rear tires blow the whole back of the haulers on fire the brakes overheated burnt the burnt the whole back of the hauler up and i'm like holy crap so i've had some experiences to say the least <laughs> in haulers and uh i i could go on and on i got tons of them but there were a couple that really come to mind so um, most of mine though happened and i never missed the race so i got pretty lucky there usually they were after but now let's talk about day two, right? B Chef, who should have won on day one, he put a beatdown on him on day two. 60th career World of Outlaw uh, late model win. A little bit of controversy in day two, right? Ashton Winger. Did you guys yeah. did you guys see that? Go ahead, Bert. Uh, yeah, I, I saw the replay. And, uh, yeah, he was not very happy with uh, the call that uh, World of Outlaw officials made on him because they said that he jumped the start at on a race and uh yeah he he let his uh uh opinion be heard <laughs> well, i watched you that i let, let me chime in here i watched that again now ryan after we had talked you know he does fall out of order a little bit is that the call i mean not necessarily jumping but if he, if he was supposed to stay behind who was it ziegler he definitely didn't because his front end was pointed in a different direction kind of right at that that starting zone it, that's a judgment call, right? They they called it on him for sure. But Ziggler went from second to like 82nd in one lap. I like, oh, what the hell he was doing there? I mean, like, so, I mean, of course he got out of line because Ziggler's up here flailing around in the middle of nowhere. So it's kind of one of those deals where if they would have paid attention to what Ziggler was doing, what Ashton Winger did was just like going, what is he doing, right? So I thought it was kind of a questionable call. I talked to Casey from the World of Outlaws. He's like, yeah, we're all good now. I mean, it's, it's, racers get heated. It is what it is. He's ready to move on. So that was a controversy at day two. And yeah. day three, it all started with Bloomquist. Guys, he four in a row. He had four top fives in a row. And I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, maybe he's gaining some momentum, right? We got, we got the big show coming up. Maybe he's gaining some momentum. Wins his heat. Bam, disqualified. Right, and and there was a couple posts out there that he was all upset. Well, I, I did a little digging, and and what he had, remember with that droop rule, you can when you jack it up, it can only go so high on the left rear. 
Well, he had like a spring-loaded apparatus in there where if he jacked it up, it would show like it only went up so high, but under power, it would let it go up an extra quarter to three-eighths of an inch. Okay? Now, the world of outlaws said, here's the deal. Okay, we're disqualifying you, but if, if you don't think it's an issue, just unbolt it, bring it over to us. We'll look at it. If it ain't a big deal, we'll, we'll let you have your win. He's like, I'm not bringing nothing over. Well, clearly, he was cheating, right? It's boom, Chris. I mean, he was looking for an edge. He always is, and, and he got nabbed. And so a little bit of controversy there. That he, I think he hurt a motor in the B main. Now, the, what, where it ended with the knife, though, the thriller Cade Dillard absolutely just put a beat down on him. We talked a couple – again, we're taking credit for this, guys, because a couple weeks ago we said MB Customs, they really haven't done nothing on the national stage. Boom, he goes out and wins the first crown jewel. So hats off to Cade Dillard. Hats off to MB Customs. Uh, great to see you. Great to see a young guy. He was jacked up in victory lane after winning that. So that's what I have after the World of Outlaws. Uh, Puka, I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a little digging on Diller too. Fourth or better in five of the last six races. So congratulations to him. And yeah, he was he was very emotional and very uh, pumped up. That's for sure. So and uh, with that, that uh, Kay Dillard, well, that will segue us right into uh, kind of our who's hot and who's not section of the show tonight. Bert, uh, why don't you get started on kind of some of your observations on, you know, who's kind of making it happen, who's laying it down, and who's not? Well, first, I'm going to start locally on eastern Wisconsin. Um, Brett Swedberg won his first feature of the year at Shano on Saturday night, so I'm going to put him in the who's hot um, category. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of racing on this side of the state, but uh, uh, the Dirt Kings Tour will be going out to the western part of the state, so he's a driver for, you know, the fans on the that side of the state to keep an eye on this weekend um and i'm gonna give a shout out in a, who's hot to lucas lambries he's an imsa modified driver from clintonville he raced he's won two of the three features at shano speedway so far he won on saturday night uh and of significance for our listeners is he is pre-registered to race in the dakota mod tour in july so uh he's a driver that uh some of our listeners who plan on attending those races can keep an eye on. He, he's got a simple looking car. It's white and black and uh, a zero L for a number. Um, sometimes I like those graphics the best. Nothing fancy. You can read your sponsors really good. That's all that matters. <laughs> and nationally, just quickly, I'm going to go Jimmy Owens. He just keeps on winning. What more can you say? Um, obviously, Cade Dillard, a second, a fourth, and a first. Uh, this past weekend and even though I don't agree with how he won the first night uh, you got to say Max Blair I mean he did finish 19th the second night uh, but he finished second in the big show on the final night and I was reading an article prior to the to this and uh, he's been criticized in the past because he skipped this event um, and the fact that he went there this year and put on good showing he deserves to be in in the hot category yeah i think he was very impressive i was i mean you know if, if we would have done picks last week max blair's name wouldn't have come up you know neither would have mike norris's who looked really good you know strong at his home track so well i'll, I'll kind of play right off of, of the woo uh, at the firecracker there and, and D- dale uh or daryl excuse me lanigan you know he got that uh, third place finish on this, on the uh, final night there. And he's a guy that we've talked about a little bit. It seems like with him this year, it's boom or bust. It's top four or he's 24th or worse, you know, very inconsistent, but at the same time, he's still third in points, but you know, it's kind of like he's there or he's not there, you know, and, and um, Chris Madden, you know, on the national scene, very quiet, you know, the Bluequist cars in general have kind of been quiet, but Madden has just gone away, you know, in January, you know, you know, November, December, beginning of January, hottest driver out there, and he's he's definitely faded a little bit more. Well, I'll say on the national scene, uh, T-Mac, another guy. You know, he wins the stream, and he's fallen off since. I know he's dropped now down to third in points with Lucas, uh, JD second, and Jimmy has a 400-point lead. So, Bert, wow. uh, to, to your point that Jimmy, you know, nobody's stronger. And a little bit more locally, Kent Arment, uh, win on Friday. Out in South Dakota, win on Saturday. Then, uh, Ryan, we were talking earlier. Then he decides to take Sunday off and uh, have a cold. It's set on the Facebook. Time to celebrate. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that, that guy's won everything there is to win. Multiple national championships. I mean, he's one of the best in, that ever raced in South Dakota. He's kind of slowing down a little bit, not wanting to race quite as much. But, man, when you're hot, you're hot. It don't last 
you know, the, he'd skipped out on the 2,500 to win show on Sunday. He could have maybe three-peated that whole weekend, and they were all big money shows. So I was surprised he wasn't at Watertown. Yeah. Well, how about you? What do you got uh, in your arsenal for who's hot, Yeah, who's you not? know, I, really quick on the who's hot, who's not. I'm going to stick with the modifieds here, Shane Zabrowski and Superstocks. I mean, two wins again on the weekend. The guy just does not finish out of the top three. He is so incredibly consistent. Border battle coming up. He's got to be one of the favorites to win Supers and Mods up in Superior. Scott Ward. Guys, Scott Ward has won five out of the last seven races that he's been in. The two that he didn't win, he had troubles in the heat race, and then he passed a whole pile of cars, started in the back in the feature, and I think he finished around 10th, somewhere around there, and then he heard a motor in, on Friday night. So other than those two shows, basically everything that he started in a reasonable starting position in, he's won, and he just put a thumping on him out in Watertown. So hats off to Scott Ward. Talking a little bit about Ward, about that race in Watertown, Kurt Gelling, former national champ and late models, I mean, he's a good runner. They were battling. I don't remember who the other guy was in the mix, but they were battling for the lead, and, and Ward looked like he was going to go three wide, split them. Gelling's leading, his tire fell off. Leading. It's like, what, I mean, what a way to give away a win. It's like a hauler, you know. Some people have <laughs> into him, cut his right front tire down. There's Scott Ward with the lead. It's like, Wow. When, when, when uh, I guess when the horseshoe falls out, grab a hold of it, go. But when he got the lead, Becker was in second right behind him. Guys, he put a straightaway on him. He just absolutely wow. left him in a 40-lap feature. So he was on fire. Hey, on Ryan, Ryan, really quick, who, who's, the, is, who's the hammer shot guy? Is that Ward? That's Brian Deedy. Oh, okay, Brian Deedy. Yep, yep. Shocks by Hammer, Brian. Yeah, I just noticed that on Peterlin's car. Yeah, I noticed it. I thought I knew it was somebody out there. I didn't know. Yep, yep. uh, I think he's from uh, Huron area. I think he's from. Now, Modifies, I said last week he was not hot, right? Johnny Broking. But, guys, I got got a hats off. Tip of the hat. If I had one on, tip of the hat to Johnny (laughs) Broking. Now, he may need to use his money to get a haircut, shave a little bit. Johnny listens to this. It's all out of love, brother. It's all out of love. But guys in Superior at Gondathaw Speedway Friday, he come from 12th. He come from 12th to drive to the front, and he passed Sabraski. He had to drive by Sabraski amongst a bunch of other good guys to do it. So he won from 12th on Friday. Saturday in Hibbing, he started 7th. He was in second in one lap. The top was a little greasy. A bunch of guys stood up. Bomey capitalized. And then he uh, actually, Vang kind of was there. But Johnny Broking, back-to-back wins. Good to see that 45J in victory lane. That was my pick to win national points. We'll talk about that later. Um, Pat Doerr, you know, continues to be consistent. Back-to-back wins. Gondick, he won on Sunday. Cedar Lake, he won on Saturday. Um, Pat Doerr, red hot with that double one express. So he's been on fire. Now, who's not, okay? Jeff Hardy. Now, Apoka, I'm going to get in trouble for this. That's your family, right? You got all the Cardi family lists. I'm sorry. All right? I'm sorry. It is painful. It's been painful seeing what he's got going on. He buys a brand-new NB Custom. He's got a new engine. He goes out there, and that thing has just been garbage. I mean, he not even competitive. And uh, I talked to him today. They're trying to figure some things out. Hopefully, they get that dialed in. Hopefully, I can work my magic. I want to see that 67 car running good this weekend at the border battle. So I'm calling him out with hope, knock yeah. on wood here, that are, are you know, calling people yeah. out. Get a little but, man, bump. We'll get a little bump. And then the last one on the not hot, Team Zero in general, specifically Ricky Weiss. Ricky, guys, 10th, 13th, 21st, 20th, and 8th are his last five shows. Junk. Now, the one night, of course, he drove another guy's car, but he's been terrible. Team Zero has been non-existent. Shannon Babb got a Team Zero car. He been garbage in that. He won in the Rocket. So Ricky Weiss, Team Zero, garbage. And uh, I'm going to turn it back to you. Well, I'll be interesting well, after you say that. Oh, go ahead, Bert. Well, I just want to say, speaking of Team Zero, getting back to Bloomquist being disqualified. Now, th- his team made a big deal that they were possibly going to get off the World of Outlaw Tour. So that was just a smoke, stre- smoke screen to take to take everybody's eyes away from what actually happened. <laughs> yeah, that, that basically that was it. You know, they, they were, you know, they were pouting a little bit, but at the end of the day, he, he'll be there. He'll be at Cedar Lake this weekend. He got caught cheating. They even gave him an opportunity. Just bring the part over. We'll take a look at it. And he's like, nah, I ain't going to do that. Well, <laughs> let, let's be honest. He was looking for an edge. He got nabbed. Well, I wonder what's going to happen with, with Bab. Like you said, I mean, Bab got that car. 
He raced it at the stream. I think it's kind of the only time. You know, we haven't seen that car back out, so it'd be interesting to see what he. You know, maybe maybe he doesn't like it under the circumstances of that droop rule. And um, I'm just looking here. Yeah, Ricky's 146 points back from Shepard, so it's it's tough, but it's not insurmountable at this point. But you know, he yeah, he has to get better because you start getting to that 200 point mark, and in a year like this, where they're not going to race as much, it's good night, Irene. Absolutely, absolutely. Now we got some stuff coming up this week, right? We got three. I mean, there's all kinds of racing going on, but primarily there's three races. You know, the, if you're a mod guy. The, the race coming up this weekend, of course, is the border battle at the Gondaclaw Speedway. The River City Rumble, you know, they got back-to-back teams races, five grand to win, 500 to start. Cedar Lake's got the World of Outlaws coming up. Guys, from a, a fan's perspective, if you're a late model guy, mod guy, you're going, to, you're going to Superior. That's where you're going. All the top guys are going to be there. But if you're a late model guy, do you go to Mississippi Thunder or do you go to Cedar Lake? Um, for quality of racing, I think, uh, probably Mississippi Thunder. I think there's just, it's, I think it's just going to be more competitive. There's going to be more drivers that are going to be, uh, capable of winning the feature there. Uh, that's just my guess. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I would love to go see a world of outlaw late final show also. And I mean, and the sprint cars are there also. Uh, but you know, the world of outlaw late models, you know, they have, limited number of cars that that follow that series and i'm thinking a lot of the local guys are going to go to mississippi thunder because i mean five grand to win and 500 to start i mean that's nothing to laugh at yeah for me it's 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 the outlaws and it's not just the outlaws of course bloomquist is there now we have this cheating controversy where the media's rolling in uh, you know, so, you know, it, like we've always said, you know, Bloomberg is just kind of that promoter's dream. And, and of course it's Cedar Lake. Now, no offense to MTS. I've never been to MTS. I've heard, but nothing but great things. Uh, but you know, Cedar Lake is Cedar Lake. You know, there's just something about the atmosphere there, especially for the big shows that really make it happen. And Ryan, you said just a couple of weeks ago, you know, Cedar Lake, after the Masters, you said Cedar Lake is not going to rest on their laurels. They never rest. They're always trying to make the place better. So for me, it would be Cedar Lake. Now as a racer, Ryan, what do you think? Where would you go? I mean, you've got money to think about. You've got travel distance to think about. You've got competition to think about. If I'm a late model guy, you know, obviously everything else you go to Gondek. But if you're a late model guy, if I'm in the Wasota region, if I, have, if I don't have an open engine, I definitely go to Mississippi Thunder. If I have an open engine, you know, then, then go to Cedar Lake. If you have an open, but why go to a gun show with a knife? It don't make any sense, right? So you may as well go down, and they raise the purse down there. I mean, five, like Bird said, five grand to win, five under a start. That's a hell of a paying show. They paid pretty good all the way through. I would definitely be leaning towards going there. Now, I do have some insider info if you guys want, okay? Pat Dorn, oh, we want. Pat Dorn, <laughs> AJ Demo, Jimmy Mars, heckin' ass. Okay, them four I know for sure are going to Cedar Lake. Okay. That so doesn't yeah, surprise me. Yeah, look, I talked to Kanta. I talked to actually Tony Kanta today. He said they're about 99% sure of the 85, 27, 7X. He thinks most everybody else is going down to Mississippi Thunder. But, you know, there, there's some, you know, three of the top area cars for sure are going to Cedar Lake. So that's kind of good to see. Now, I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll shut that deal down right away. I mean, they got they got some unique stuff going on at Cedar Lake this weekend. <laughs> well, it, go ahead, Bert. To me, that's another reason from a fan's perspective. I want to see how that shakes out first before. I mean, because, I mean, right, we we texted a little bit this week. I mean, that could go one of two ways with uh, with the scanning system that they're having people go through. Yeah, so <laughs> so it's a state-of-the-art COVID scanner. And, and, yeah, one of either way. I mean, they come in and nobody can have it good to go or – Next thing you know, it could be every other person. Yeah, you're positive. You're out. You're out. Everybody bought these tickets. It's going to be – I'm hoping that that goes well because if it goes bad, that could be bad for a whole lot of dirt tracks. So I'm really, really hoping that goes good. What are you thinking on car counts, Ryan, if you had to make a guess, or even you, Bert? I mean, Ryan Stark. If I had to guess, um, I'm going to guess that they're going to have probably 35 to 40 late models at Mississippi Thunder. I think that's going to be a really good car count. As far as Cedar Lake, man, I hope they can hit 25. 
Um, I talked to Casey from the World of Outlaws. Numbers are a little bit light, but a lot of people don't pre-register until the last minute. That's just kind of how it works with people, I guess. They kind of wait till the last minute to register. But he said the numbers were a little bit lighter than he was hoping, um, but that could very well change by, by Tuesday or Wednesday too. So, But I, I think as far as the amount of late models, you're going to have more of them at Mississippi Thunder. And then uh, the sprint cars, you know, I, I do know that Kyle Larson's going to run out in Pennsylvania. He's going to run a deal out there, you know, and uh, so is uh, Rico. But I would say they're still going to have 25 to 30 World of Outlaws. I mean, it's going to be a hell of a show at both places regardless, you know, but uh, I don't think they're going to have huge car counts, but I think they're going to have good racing at Cedar Lake. Mississippi Thunder, guys, I'll be honest, I, I believe they'll probably, you're going to see 125 to 150 cars down there this weekend, and uh, the border battle should be about the same. Well, Ryan, think of this scenario. So we're racing Thursday, Friday, Saturday at Cedar Lake, correct? So you're Travis Budislavich. You're you're in, you're, you're Daryl Nelson. Well, Daryl Nelson that's a bad example. He'll be racing. But you're Travis Budislavich. You live in you know he li- actually lives in the cities, right? The cars in Duluth. So yes, you know let's just let's pick a low number. Let's say there's 20 late models show up for the Woo on Thursday. Now is that going to motivate guys to say, hey, look, or or a Marshall Fagers, or you know somebody along that line say, geez, you know, I mean. Because those those shows pay what five six hundred to start something like that. It's like gosh, I get a little lucky, yeah. you know. What, what do you Here, think? There? Here's the deal. Here here's the problem. Is I would have normally said yes. In fact, I would have said, man, a bunch of the Mississippi Thunder cars that race Thursday, Friday at Mississippi Thunder will come up Saturday, right? That's that's what I was thinking. Why wouldn't you, guys? They're having time trials for the Friday and Saturday show on Thursday at Mississippi Thunder. So if somebody just randomly shows up Friday or Saturday, they have to start in the back of a heat or an LCQ. They don't even get a chance to, to time trial or nothing. So that's what Thursday's show is. It's two rounds of time trials, 20-lap dash in each class. So that I think that's a huge mistake on the World of Outlaw part because that will just basically eliminate the – why would anybody just randomly show up to start in the back? It makes no sense. There are two good of drivers there – to just show up and start and back and think you're going to run good. I mean, it makes no sense to me. Bert, you got a pick for me for uh, the, the Dirt Kings? Um, I am going to go with uh, Jesse Glenn's on Thursday and Jake Tim on Friday. I mean, Jake Tim has, is two for two in Dirt Kings races at uh, Mississippi Thunder, so it's hard to pick against him, but I don't want to be accused of always picking a, a favorite. So I'll go with Jesse Glenn's on on Thursday and Tim on Friday. Ryan, you got a Great Lakes Border Battle pick? Great Lakes Border Battle in the Modifieds, I am going to go. I'm I'm going to say Johnny Broking's going to upset Sebraski, and uh, Kevin Burdick's supposed to be having a brand-new car out. He's got a brand-new car that he's supposed to be unveiling. So – that could go one of either way, but it's either going to be – there's going to be some heavy hitters there. I'm going to go ahead and say Sebraski's the heavy favorite in both of those, but Burdick is not a slouch. I'm, I'm looking for him to be very strong. All right, fellas. Awesome. Well, we're going to move on here to the last lap segment where we have one to go, and I'm going to start this one this week. Uh, veteran performer Tom Corcoran uh, won a feature again on Friday night at River City Speedway in Grand Forks, so now – this gentleman who celebrated 50 years of racing last year, some of you may remember the gold car, but he has won a feature in six different decades now. So that's really awesome. So congratulations, Tom. Uh, Ryan, you're up next with the Mountain States Mod Tour. Yeah, that used to be the Wild West Tour out in, uh, they, they actually ran in uh, Billings, Montana. You, you ever been to that track, right? Big Sky. That's a nice track, yep. And they, a bunch of the guys from over this way, Midwest Mods, went west for that, for that series. And uh, the first night, Liker, I don't remember if it was Tony or Troy, one of the two Likers, they both run good. He won the feature, five pounds light at the scales. Cody Lee inherits the win, right? The second night, Brandon Jensen, he got her done. And then, and then here's the deal. The third night, Cody Lee's leading the points in this deal. We talked about jumping a little bit with Ashton Winger. Cody Lee had drove from the third row. Yellow comes out, and, and he – he did jump the start. He got to the inside of him. He jumped the start. But the Wasota rule is two spots per position jump, right? That's, that's right in the rule book. It's the Wasota rule. They throw the yellow. They put him all the way to the back, like all the way to the last one going, oh, my God, he's got to be pissed <laughs> off, right? Not only to add insult to injury, 
not only he on the last lap destroyed his race car. Uh, he, so he got put in a position that he shouldn't have been in off a terrible officiating out there. Brandon Jensen had a hell of a run, came from deep in the field up to the top three. He's leading the points. Um, we're doing the show first. It's Monday night, and uh, they got they have the finale out there tonight in Sheridan, Wyoming. Brandon Jensen leading. Cody Lee fell back to fifth. So um, there's, there's been some good racing out there. Red one, Dan Wheeler, he was out there. But uh, Cody Lee has actually jumped into another guy's car. He's fifth in the point deal, trying to salvage a little bit of something out of that. So pretty exciting racing, a little bit of drama, a little bit of controversy. Another guy light at the scale, but uh, yeah, a little <laughs> bit of craziness. Back to you. How about the Mars Lake Model Series? You were able to catch some of that? Yeah, you know, Frank Hacken asked, he won, I believe it was the opener. I don't remember, I don't have it written down which day it was what, but he was at Davenport. Hacken asked one from ninth, so he was really good there. Followed up, he got second, of course, over at Lee County. Now, Brian Shirley, who fell off the Lucas Oil Tour because he was struggling, guys. Let's be honest. He was just not not real competitive. He wins. He won at Lee County. Over 40 pounds light. How, how is that even possible? Like, 40 pounds light, and uh, Bobby Pierce inherited the win at that one. So that was the first two races. A little bit of controversy out there. Shirley actually looked good and give a win away. I mean, did a weight fall? I mean, it just seems unbelievable. Yeah, I, I don't know. 40 pounds is a ton. It's yeah. a ton. I, I really don't know. I mean, I have no clue how you lose 40 pounds. Jeez, oh, man, it seems <laughs> nuts. So, uh, and then, Ryan, you uh, watch an exciting Superstock feature down on 994? Yeah, you know, I, I help out Jeff Krause a little bit. My old nemesis, Dave Moss, they, they were playing kissy face a little bit. And, you know, they were kind of, you know, I think I think Dave was cheating on me with Krause. I'm not really sure how that works. But uh, they got into it a little bit, a little post-race altercation in the pits. I think they were trying to have the Royal Rumble going on there. Not really sure what happened. But there was a battle up front between three national champions, Tim, Tim Johnson, um, Don Ishens, and Dave Moss, and – I gotta be honest, Moss put a move on, man. I'm telling you, it was it was nice. He he came up high, diamond it split, them guys went three wide, checked out, and it was it was artwork. And I think uh, Timmy ended up dumping Ishens in that deal. And, and Jordan Hinkemeyer came from deep in the field up to the up to the top three as well. So great super stock action. And I'm looking forward to the 100 there because the super stock racing at that track is incredible, absolutely incredible. No, no, Puka. Um, you, you saw a little tri-state action going on. Yeah. You, you that, too. that was it. out of nowhere. Marshall Fager shows up to a tri-state race. And, guys, we need to make a correction. We've been talking Longhorn, Longhorn, Longhorn. I took a picture. I looked at a picture of the car. Capital race cars on this side. So he takes that capital, starts ninth, and uh, passes that Justin Seitner on the last lap and gets the win. So that was that was pretty exciting. I mean, just talk about unexpected. So I'm assuming he was in a completely legal was Otakar, so that was pretty cool to see that he was competing with, you know, some of those Lumen engines. Cole Schill wins day two of the Can-Am uh, out there in, was it North Underwood, North Dakota, correct? Yeah. Not South Dakota, yep. correct, yep. And then um, also, uh, speaking of veterans, Bob Moody still in the ride. Ryan, you know Bob Moody. I, You know, I don't know him, but I remember when I was a kid back in late 80s, early 90s, he'd always come to Hemming. He had the white enclosed trailer, number 30. And I'm looking through the results, and I'm like, Bob Moody, are you serious? Like, I, I haven't even heard that name in, like, 20 years. So, um, interesting to see. And I, I, uh, I'd, I'd, like to see, uh, I'd like to see him make it over this way. I don't know if he will, but it'd be really cool if he made a, a vintage trip back to the Labor Day shootout. We might have to touch base with him. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I remember Johnny Cash did that back in 1993. Went back to every venue, ever played a concert, and he showed up in Ibbing, Minnesota to do a concert. So, that was pretty cool. Uh, how about Brad Sang out there in Grand Forks? Well, actually, uh, or Devil's Lake. yeah, over at Devil's Lake, they had the Golden Hammer there. And uh, the car count was a little light because tracks simply just do not work together anymore. I mean, everybody's scheduling on top of each other, the South Dakota, Underwood deal, NLRA stuff. But Brad Sang was very strong. I think Dustin Strand got second in that one. So hats off to Brad Sang, your defending NLRA champ, uh, looking strong in that deal again. Hey, Bert, I'm going to bring you in the fold here really quick. Did you see that uh, Lauren County deal, that late model went through the fence? Uh, I saw a picture of, of the late model after it went through the fence. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a bad situation. I know there were, I think there was four, four fans injured, I believe. 
Uh, I'm not sure how serious the injuries were. Yeah, scary deal there. Ryan, did you read anything into that? I did not. I just saw the incident. I didn't really do – I didn't really check into it too much, but it didn't look like a good deal. So that's just where safety protocols are very, very important. Yeah, absolutely. All right, a second-generation driver out of Wisconsin showing some skill this weekend, Ryan. Brandon Cox. Hats off, buddy. Um, first feature win in the AMOD. Now, guys, he's been strong all year. He looked like he was going to win at the ABC Raceway on the opener. He was very good, hooked a little rut, you know, kind of kind of fell back a little bit after leading. Superior on Friday, he led the better part of that race in Superior on Friday. He looked really good there with a strong field of cars on the bottom, and then he follows up that good run. He got third in Superior, follows up that uh, run by going to ABC Raceway, knocking down his first ever feature win in an AMOD. And, guys, Don Pop has won a ton of races in an AMOD. So great racing pedigree, a ton of racers. I think at one time you said there was like seven or eight people in the Cop family, in that family tree, that have been tied in with racing. So great racing pedigree. Hats off to Brandon. Uh, Noel was on a national points bird. Thoughts? Well, with, with uh, COVID this year and, you know, the racing – you know, some tracks opening, some tracks not opening. Uh, you know, drivers don't always have the opportunity now to race at as many tracks as they had in the past. So, uh, you know, I'm not really surprised by by the move. Ryan? I mean, this was your it's bread right and butter move. winning national titles. <laughs> it's, it's, first of all, it's the right move. So hats off to Wissota because there's so many tracks that simply just aren't going to open and aren't open and, the Canadians can't cross the border. So they had to make that move, okay? On the negative side of things, I'm, I was a points chaser, right? So you look at some of these tracks that race like Thursdays or Sundays, a lot of times they get people coming in trying to chase points. So on regular nights, I'm not sure how that's going to affect it. No, on a positive thing, on a positive thing, man, some of these, some of these premier Wissota invitationals, I think they can really, really do well because there's a lot of drivers that were always looking for two complete shows or where it's easier to get the points and trying to kind of pick and choose. I think some of these invitationals that pay the bigger money that used to be so good might get back to where they were with this no national points deal. So I'm excited about that. Bert, you had another item, an anonymous item for the. Um, yeah. Well, I just want to give out a, a shout out to uh, Aaron Wickersheim. Uh, he's a late model driver who races at Shano Speedway. Um, he's followed the, several of the dirt tour races. But anyway, I mean, he's there every week. He started racing in the limited late model division, raced fast track, and then Shano got rid of fast track. So he moved up to the, to the regular late model division. And he's there every week. I know he doesn't, you know, he has a limited budget. And uh, he won a heat race on Saturday night at Shano. And I, I know that doesn't sound like a lot, I mean, we talk about the top runners on this show a lot, but all of us know that racing wouldn't be what it is without the drivers who show up every week. They're there to have fun and to see them. I mean, to see the enjoyment he got just from winning a heat race was awesome. And I was actually sitting behind his family and throughout that entire race, um, uh, you know, his family was going crazy. They were on their feet. I mean, he started on the front row and pulled out to a pretty good lead. And Nick Avalanche started back in the pack a little bit and worked his way to second. So it was a matter of, is Nick going to run him down by the end of the race? But he wasn't able to. And, you know, it's good to see uh, an underdog win a race, even if it's just a heat race. Oh, yeah. I think we can all relate to that. Did he get a big uh, ovation? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And especially from his family. So, and I got one more thing to share. This is exclusive. This is what I've been working on for the last week or so. It'll be available in second week of July, but the first issue of Full Throttle Magazine will be coming (laughs) out. Um, We weren't sure if we were going to be publishing this year because of COVID and we didn't, we weren't sure if we'd get advertisers, but uh, advertisers came through. So we'll be doing two issues this year and that'll be the first one. Awesome. So, yeah, for those of you that don't know, Bert's the editor of the Full, Full Throttle Racing Magazine, and he also writes for Dirt Monthly, so you can catch. I know you've got a couple articles you've done already this year, so catch yep. Bert in Dirt Monthly. So, uh, well, that's about it. Ryan, anything else? You know, I just wonder, you know, Fourth of July weekend coming up, so, I, you know, obviously, uh, you know, happy Fourth of July to everybody, right? 
But are you guys going racing anywhere? Are you guys gonna you gonna be at the lake golf course at the racetrack? I mean, what are you guys' plans for the upcoming weekend? Yeah, I think I'm gonna watch. My only competition this weekend is gonna be the hot dog eating contest on ESPN at noon on the fourth of July. <laughs> How about you, Bert? Um, I'm not sure if I'm gonna get to any races uh, this weekend. Fourth of July, we're gonna go to a, a friend's place. They're gonna have a party on the fourth of July. Um, some sometimes you have to do the family function in order so you can go racing the rest of the year so but no I, I enjoy spending time with friends and family also so uh I, i'll be paying attention though to the what happens at cedar lake and at mississippi thunder though that's for sure well and cedar lake that's on tv isn't it cbs saturday. sports yeah Just cbs saturday? sports network okay. cbs sports okay. network so yes yeah yes. My, Ryan, what's my your buddy plan? jeff my buddy Jeff's trying to get me to come up, right? Jeff Erickson, he, he's the pit for me. He lives up in Michigan. He, him and his whole family, related to the Niskas. You know the Niska clan there, Puka. He's trying to talk me into going to Cedar Lake, and I said, you know, I'm actually going to be up in Minnesota the three, you know, three weekends in a row following that because our Grand Rapids Speedway is opening up, up up there. So I'm going to skip out on this weekend. I'm going to do what you guys are doing, spend time with the family, maybe go out on the lake, swing the golf clubs a little bit. I will catch some racing action, of course, on Dirt Race Central. Um, there's going to be some great – I'll be watching the border battle on Dirt Race Central, um, and I will probably watch the World of Outlaw stuff as well. And I don't know what streaming platform Mississippi Thunder is using. Do you guys know? Are they doing racing dirt this weekend? Or? I'm not sure. Yeah, we're going to have to look that up on Facebook to see. What, but I'll be watching some racing online for sure. I don't know. So, yeah, I'll be watching some racing, but I'm not going to be at any. But I am looking forward to the week after to getting to my first race for sure. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, the only thing I – last thing I had for the last lap was uh, my hero, Tom Nesbitt. Him and his wife, Darlene, celebrate their wedding anniversary tomorrow. So, uh, happy anniversary to the Nesbits. And uh, I guess we can just sign off then as uh, John Garabedi and Todd us get out there and be your dream, your tune to the one to go show.